Today's recorded message is by Reverend Gregory Souts, lightly edited for the purposes at Faith Lutheran Church and School. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel Proclamation today comes from the Old Testament reading of Deuteronomy chapter 30 and serves as the basis of our theme for the 13th Sunday after Pentecost, Living in God's Choice. Use it or lose it. Perhaps you've heard that cliché before. Actually, it's more than a cliché for me right now. It's all too real. Marcy, my wife, and I have recently gotten back into shape. Probably the best shape we've been in in over 20 years. And now we are in the keep-it-up phase of our physical fitness. Not perfect by any means. Dr. Finlay always seems to find one little thing on my lab work to improve on. But that's okay as far as I am concerned. It used to be an all-out lecture disparaging my deplorable health. But now, she says... I could even donate my kidneys if someone needed them. That's not an offer, by the way. I'm saving them for immediate family. Well, in our text, it seems to be more like choose it or lose it. And it's way more important than something like just getting into shape or eating right or fulfilling some New Year's resolution. Moses gets right to the heart of it. He is at the end of his ministry, his leadership of the Old Testament people of God. He's worried about them. He knows how easily they can be distracted to do, to say, to be about things that really don't matter at all, or worse, to do things that could destroy the relationship to God. So he's saying, I'm setting before you life and death. So, do you want to choose life or death? good or evil. Now, you might be saying, come on, pastor, that's easy. Who wouldn't want to choose life? Well, you would be surprised. The Bible actually says the human beings, because of their sin, are spiritually dead to God. They, and that's all of us by nature. We don't want to choose him. We don't feel we need to choose him. And even if we want to, we wouldn't. Why? Because that's what spiritually dead people do. So, let me try to paint a picture of this Bible reading today so that you can choose life in his name. So that you can put his life to use in your life. The life that you've been given by God as a gift. You see, Moses, he was a great prophet in the Old Testament. He was to lead a people who had been chosen by God to reveal his grace to the world. Yes, to all people. But they found themselves enslaved in Egypt in bondage, threatened with extinction. But God keeps his promises. He intervened for them, rescued and delivered them through the parted waters of the Red Sea and set them on a path to freedom so that they could declare to the world the deeds of a God who saves all people even those who have no power and strength to do so for themselves. Now at this time, they are at another water crossing, crossing the Jordan River into that freedom 
the liberty to which God had rescued them. They're at the banks of the Jordan River, ready to enter the promised land as people who have already been chosen and saved by God. Now they're standing on the banks of a trickling brook, still dangerous, yes, but crossable, especially as they trust and follow the God who has already saved them. So Moses is speaking to the people who have been chosen by God, saying, Choose life. And when he says that, he's saying, God has crossed the Red Sea for you and brought you to life in him. Now cross over into the promised land. Cross over that Jordan River into the land where you can live that abundant life he redeemed you to live. That's God's invitation to them. That's his invitation to you and to me too. God crossed the uncrossable for you so that you and I can be saved and in faith by the power of his spirit. You can now follow him wherever he leads. Choose life. Let me give you another picture of that. One of the most dangerous rivers in the world is the Congo River or the Zaire River. Even when it is calm, there are predatory fish swimming just below the surface, and there are places where the river is so deep, so fast, that crossing it would be suicide. One of those places is called the Gates of Hell. The river may be 2,900 miles long, but the 75 miles of these waters provided more fear than all the rest combined. So what would you feel like if you were standing on the bank of the gates of hell and you had to cross to live? Or what would you feel like if you were lying there helpless with enemies on your tail and you had to cross it to live? Then imagine... The joy, if someone suddenly came out of those terrifying waters, lifted you and carried you over a bridge that only he could build and brought you to safety on the other side. Well, that's just a glimpse of the cross of Good Friday. Jesus literally crossed the real gates of hell to rescue you and me, to free us from the slavery to our own sin, the bondage to our own desires and failures, and brought us to the point of real, full life in him. He crossed the Congo of life for you. Now cross the Jordan and live with him for others. He crossed the uncrossable so that you could step through the waters of new life in him, with him. There are just some things that have to be done by the one person who can do it, aren't there? kind of believe this deep down in our hearts already. The movies that really gets us are those movies where that one person does what has to be done so that all might be blessed, right? War movies are like that because in war, things always seem to turn on one person's diligence or one person's faithfulness, one platoon's dedication to duty and honor. If you want to see some examples of that, just watch that HBO special, band of brothers. There are some moments in that series that will make even the most hardened man cry real tears. Even as sinners, we know that it is noble for people to die so that others might live. So, choose life. It would be better to say, since God has chosen you, since God has paid the price for your forgiveness, life, and salvation, since God has made this life available to you by the power of his Spirit, trust in him. Yes, 
and live that life for all it's worth. Like the people in our text, chosen by God's covenant promise, people of the promise called Israel, we too are being encouraged not just to have faith, but to live life faithfully in God's love and promise, now and forever. They were encouraged to choose good and not evil. And the word for good here includes the notion of both prosperity and salvation, both material and spiritual provisions. That's a lot of good. But this isn't prosperity theology as if God is some kind of Santa Claus at our beck and call. But it's also wrong to think that God is somehow stingy, as if he's the one who makes life hard this side of heaven. No, God is an abundant life giver. And he promises to be with us, to bless us, to draw us close to him in all things. We can trust that in a worldly abundance, or we can trust that in worldly scarcity, for he fills his people with good things. When we choose life in his name, we are choosing to follow the Lord who has already loved us, just like he loved the people in our text. The psalmist echoes that material good in Psalm 145, where he says, You, Lord, open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. That's just the kind of God he is. And I know then that it's hard to imagine, but even in the face of the fullness of God's grace, human beings still are the kind of people who still seem to love everything else but what God teaches and commands. We are people still stingy with our love, our forgiveness, our labor, our effort, our resources. God doesn't make us pay, but we often make each other pay. Even believers at times receive God's abundance and then treat each other very poorly. Moses says, that would indeed be foolish to choose evil in the face of God's goodness for you. I'm so amazed today when people blame God for the foolish choices that are so rampant in the world. We say that we are pro-choice and yet that euphemistically means killing the innocent and the helpless amongst us. We say we are for sexual freedom and sexual liberty, but that has spawned diseases and brokenness and hopelessness, not just for the choosers, but for the children who have to live with such choices. We say we are for equality, but as soon as the powerless get in power, the same degradation of others seems to follow. Moses lays it all before them. He says, This day I call the heaven and the earth against you as witnesses that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. He says, Don't lay there in your bondage. Don't try to choose life on your terms. Trust in the one who has done it all for you and then live the life he has in store for you too. God has crossed over the Congo rivers of our life. We get to cross the Jordan of our fears and faith and hope to live life following in the footsteps of the one who always goes with us and goes on before us. That's why Moses can also say to them, to you and me, now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven. 
nor is it beyond the sea. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. Yes, my friends, as incredible as it sounds, you have the promises of God even more sure today than those children of Israel and Moses himself. You don't need to cross the Red Sea because Jesus Christ brings the very blessings of that crossing. Indeed, the ultimate blessings of the cross of Calvary all the way to you and the waters of holy baptism in his name. Do you want to experience the blessings of that Red Sea salvation? Do you want to know the certainty that Christ's saving death was for you? Then let him splash you with his grace, with the water that's connected to his name. Jesus has crossed the eternal Congo rivers of hell itself so that we can cross through the Jordan rivers of promise, living life by his spirit for one another. We can choose life because Jesus, the life of the world, has chosen us by his cross and resurrection. Jesus said in John fifteen sixteen, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Christ chose us. That is good news. But we see here a connection between being chosen and choosing, between being chosen and bearing fruit, between being chosen and obeying God's ways, commandments, statutes, and rules. Now that's choice worth choosing, right? Choose life from the one who made life possible for you again. The same God who breathed life into Adam at creation breathed new life into us by breathing life into us through his spirit-filled word. Breathe in his life-giving word today and choose life. Breathe that breath of life and choose good. Breathe that breath of life and choose blessings for others in your thoughts and prayers. The joy of being chosen produces the joy of choosing life so that others might know the one who saved and redeemed you as his own. Right after these words, Moses brings some encouragement to those who will live life following the Lord in a rebellious world. He says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you, he will not forsake you. What words of encouragement for them and for us. For God sets before you again life and good and blessing. Choose his life for you. Don't lose it. You can do it because it's been done for you. And the one who chose you is with you. And he will never leave you, never forsake you. Amen.